0: Welcome to the City Church Cardiff podcast. We're an Elim Pentecostal church in the centre of Cardiff dedicated to bringing hope in the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you're inspired and impacted by this message. Well, today we are rounding off our sermon series, Kingdom of Power, where we've been encouraging you in how to walk in the supernatural power of God. Now, over these last few weeks, we've looked at manifesting kingdom power, We've looked at the gifts of the Spirit, and last week Dominic spoke on the power of faith. Today I want to talk about the power of prayer, the power of prayer, and how through prayer we can see God's kingdom come in increasing measure on the earth. Now, we're a Pentecostal church. If you're new here today, just to let you know we're a Pentecostal church. Uh, We have a long history of prayer. In fact, in this church, we've seen signs and wonders and miracles. There have been things that have happened in this church and through this church that would only have been possible through the power of prayer. And I know that many of you in your lives, you've heard stories of things that have happened in the world around you that have happened as a result of prayer, relationships being restored, people coming into a relationship with Jesus People being healed, societies being transformed, leaders being empowered, policies being changed. You have seen and heard things that have happened as a result of prayer. And some of you, perhaps you're able to testify of what's happened in your own life as a result of your prayers. You've seen God break through in small and big ways. And so if I was to ask you the question this morning, do you believe in the power of prayer? I know that many of you would respond with a resounding, yes, yes. You know that prayer changes things and prayer changes us. But I want to get real this morning. I want to get honest with ourselves as we think about, and I want to encourage you to think for a moment about your prayer life. If you were going to be really honest with yourself and you examined what you prayed about, if you were going to really think about when it is that you pray, If you ask yourself the question, is prayer a priority in my life, do I pray as a a first port of call, or is it sometimes a bit of a a last resort when you've tried every other option? If you really examined what it is that you pray about and what your prayer life looks like, do you think that matches up with your belief in the power of prayer? Do you know what? I think many of us believe in the power of prayer theoretically, theoretically. I think we believe as head knowledge, but do we believe in the power of prayer as a lived reality in our daily lives? Perhaps you believe in the power of prayer, but you think that there's loads of other people who pray a lot better than you. Perhaps you believe in the power of prayer, but you seem to see that other people's prayers have way more impact than yours. Perhaps you believe in the power of prayer, but life's left you a little bit tired and weary. And so actually, you're just trying to get through every day and every week. You can't really think about what it looks like to walk in the supernatural power of God. Well, today, I believe that God wants to encourage us as a church, whether you can identify with some of the things that I've just been saying, or whether you are a seasoned prayer warrior. I believe that God is calling us to rediscover and grasp hold of the power of prayer, both in our individual lives and together corporately as a church. You know, we're talking about the power of prayer because when it comes to the advancement of the kingdom of God, when it comes to God's promises being fulfilled, when it comes to us seeing salvations and healings and transformations in people's lives, when it comes to us seeing justice done, when it comes to us seeing evil overcome and the darkness pushed back, when it comes to us seeing lives transformed from the inside out, when it comes to us being increasingly made into the likeness of Christ, we see prayer is the key. Prayer is the absolute key. And so today we're going to be looking at one of the accounts of Jesus' miraculous healings. We're going to be reading from Mark chapter 9, starting from verse 14. When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them, and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about, he asked. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, "'How long has he been like this?' "'From childhood,' he answered. "'It's often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. "'But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us.' "'If you can,' said Jesus, "'everything is possible for the one who believes.' Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, "'I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief.' So if we're going to walk in the supernatural power of God and grasp hold of the power of prayer, there are a few principles that I think we can take from this story. Now, note I use the word principles. These aren't some kind of um, slot machine where we put in the right coins and we press the right buttons and we're going to win the jackpot. It's more like kind of cultivating a garden, how you make sure the soil is watered and it's free from weeds and and the sunlight can get to it so that you can uh, grow flowers and shrubs and trees. And so the first principle in rediscovering the power of prayer is reliance, reliance, now, just before this healing of the demon-possessed boy that we've just read about, Jesus had taken Peter, James, and John up the mountain, and they'd had this incredible experience. They'd seen Elijah and Moses. They'd heard the voice of God declaring that, this, uh, that Jesus was his son. And then they have come down the mountain to find this situation where the other disciples, well, they're, they're arguing with the teachers of the law. And there's a man who's brought his son who's possessed by an impure spirit. Now, he'd brought his son with the intention Of Jesus healing with a hope that Jesus would heal him and he'd asked his disciples to heal him but they couldn't they'd found themselves in a power deficit now in the conversation between the man and Jesus the man says if you can do anything take pity on us and help us to which Jesus responds if you can You see, as we heard last week, faith matters when it comes to the kingdom, and so Jesus is making the point that what we believe matters. In fact, he says everything is possible for the one who believes, which prompts the man to respond with this statement, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. Do you know, this honest response is one that I'm sure many of us can identify with at some point in our lives. And it's this kind of honesty that we can have with God because God isn't interested in us coming with a kind of polished version. God isn't only interested in in hearing from us when we're on riding high in life. He wants us warts and all because that is the only way that we can develop true reliance on him. I was recently recording some content for BBC Radio 4 and I've had to delay the recording by a couple of days because I had a horrible cold. Now, uh, I had my last opportunity. We kind of pushed it to the wire, and the day that I was recording, I still was feeling pretty rough. And so between every segment that I recorded, I was having to pause and, like, cough and... blow my nose and clear everything before I could then start speaking again. I felt so sorry for the producer, and I tried to warn her every time and said, right, it's it's cough and blow your nose time. And I was hoping she was going to take her headphones off, but I think probably she was hearing some pretty awful noises down her headphones from me. But of course, what went out on the radio was just me speaking. Nobody would have heard any of the snots and blowing your nose and clearing your throat, because nobody wants to switch on their radio and hear that, do they? In fact, did you expect that when you came here this morning, the preacher's going to be talking about snot and phlegm and stuff like that, you know? But that's the difference with God. You see, he doesn't just wait for the edited and tidied up version. He wants us snot and phlegm and wrestles and doubts and struggles and all. He wants us to bring everything to him in prayer. We can be honest with God. We can come to him with our struggles. I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief You know, our role isn't to kind of muster up enough faith and only then we go to God in prayer. Once we've got our faith right in order and we're feeling really strong and then we can go to God, that's not what it is. Instead, we can go to God and rely upon him. We can put our trust fully in him. He's not like an examiner kind of waiting for our best, waiting for the polished version. He wants us to come and bring our struggles, bring our wrestles. He wants us to help us to grow our faith in him. Now, a particular struggle for many of us can be the issue of unanswered prayer. And this can be a painful and hard thing in many people's lives, and it can impact how we pray. Let me say this to you this morning. If you wrestle with this topic, if you've ever wrestled with this topic, or if you're currently wrestling with the issue of unanswered prayer, let me say this. You only wrestle with unanswered prayer if you believe in the power of prayer. Do you know, if you don't believe in the power of prayer, well, then unanswered prayer is not a problem, is it? Because you kind of expected that. So this is not an issue of faith. It's not you having a lack of faith. Bring to God your wrestles in this area. If this is something that you are struggling with, let me encourage you to bring it to God. And there's also a great book that I'd recommend called God on Mute, which is by Pete Gray. It's all about unanswered prayer. But don't wait to go to God until you've got everything figured out. Don't wait to go to God until you've got all your theology right on unanswered prayer, and then you can approach Him. God wants to be with you in the mystery and in the struggle. You can rely fully on Him. Now, the other thing to help us to fully rely on God is to make sure that we actually do go to God in prayer. Now, of course, there's a risk sometimes that we we don't want to sit and pray shopping list style. God, I need healing. I need financial help. I need direction and cereal and oranges and milk you know, we're not supposed to go to God and kind of present this shopping list. But I think there's another risk. I think there's a risk of not bringing our needs to God at all. I think there's a risk that we don't actually talk to God about what's weighing on our mind. James 4, 2, you do not have because you do not ask God. You know, I think some Christians think, well, God already knows everything. So why do I need to bring him this small matter? But there's really good reasons why asking is so important. It builds our relationship with God. It helps us to recognize our needs. And most importantly, it helps us to recognize our reliance on God, that we are fully reliant on him for all things. You know, there's this incredible story in the Bible of a blind man called Bartimaeus, and he sat by the roadside begging. And Jesus comes by, and he shouts to him to have mercy on him. And in response, Jesus says this, What do you want me to do for you? Now, he could have easily said, hello, (laughs) isn't it fairly obvious what I want? But he didn't. He said, I want to see. And Jesus heals him. Jesus restores his sight. Some things will only happen if we ask. Some things will only happen if we ask. Do you know, if you take away anything from this morning, take that away. Let that sink deep into your heart because it will transform your prayer life now listen, we don't control God. We don't kind of strong arm, arm him into things. He's, he's the almighty. He's God over all. But he does say that we should ask him. He wants us to come in full surrender and full reliance on him with the knowledge that we can't do everything that God can. And so to grasp fully the power of prayer that we have access to, we need to know that we're fully reliant on God. And you know what? The early believers, they learned this. You know, we can see great examples in the book of Acts. In Acts 4, for example, when Peter and John, they're questioned by the Sanhedrin and they're threatened to stop talking about this Jesus. Don't go around talking about this Jesus. But instead, they go back to the other believers and together they pray. They pray for an increased boldness. They declare God's promises and they ask for more boldness. Acts 4.31, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. This is what happens when you bring your prayers to God and show your full reliance on him. Now the church that we read about in the book of Acts, they experienced signs and wonders and miracles and healings and people's being saved because they prayed. They didn't sit around saying, well, we'll just see what happens. It might be God's will, it might not be. Whatever your will, God, we'll just see what happens. They prayed about things. They recognized their reliance on God and they prayed and so should we. And so our first principle in understanding the power of prayer is reliance, and the second is presence. Presence. You know, prayer, as we know, is our connection to God. Prayer draws us closer to God. It gives us the mind of God. It gives us the power for living our day-to-day lives. Prayer brings us into the presence of the Most High. Prayer brings us into the presence of our heavenly Father. It means that we get an opportunity to talk to God and hear from God. The one who spoke the whole of creation into being wants to speak to you, wants to speak personally to you. And it's by spending time in God's presence that we can pray in power because he is our source. He is the source of all power. You know, in this passage that we read from Mark 9, The disciples, they asked Jesus, why hadn't they been able to drive out the demon? Why hadn't they been able to drive out the demon from this boy? And Jesus answered, this kind can only come out by prayer. Now, we don't get any further explanation. Jesus doesn't go into any more detail. And so it might be that on this particular occasion, the disciples had kind of forgotten to pray beforehand. You know, they're trying to cast out a demon, but they'd forgotten to pray. Perhaps that might have been happening. Maybe they were a little bit out of sorts. Jesus had just recently been talking about his death, and they're quite confused about what is it that he's actually talking about. This is a possibility. But what I think is more likely is that Jesus was making the point that the power of prayer is rooted in the practice of prayer. It's not about a, a formula of words or a tone in which we pray. It's about a regular committed time with God, spent talking to him and listening to God. That the power of prayer comes from a depth of relationship with God, a persistence in praying the things of the kingdom. You see, powerful prayer comes from being in the presence of God. He is the source of power. And so if we're going to carry power, it can only be through a relationship with God, and that relationship grows through prayer. And so when we pray for others, it comes out of an overflow of us having spent time in God's presence. So praying in power, it requires us to continually be connected to God. Some of you might remember the old uh, Duracell battery advert. Uh, there was a, a collection of pink toy bunnies, and they were drumming all together. Do you remember? They all start, and they all start fast, and they're marching, and they're drumming. And then gradually, they, sort of, some of them slow down, and their drumming gets slower and slower, and then they stop. And eventually, there's this picture of kind of a, a sea of frozen pink bunnies, apart from one that's still going because it's the Duracell battery. Do you know what? I think this is a picture of what some Christians are like. They spend time in God's presence, and they're drumming, and they're going for it, and they're brilliant, filled with the Holy Spirit, and then busyness gets in the way. And life kind of takes over, and they're slowing down on the drumming, and they're slowing down on the marching until they kind of just freeze. And then eventually they might remember, oh, yeah, I need to spend time in God's presence. And they drum again, and it all kind of goes round in this cycle. I don't think we're meant to live in this kind of life where we power down regularly. I think we're meant to live continually connected to the source, filled with the power of God on a regular basis. You see, if we only go to God as a kind of last resort, if we only go in prayer to God as a kind of last resort, or even if we only go to God to ask for things for ourselves instead of um, things for others as well, and if we only go to God about my needs and only when I'm in an urgent need and not pray for the world around us, we end up not fully connected. Not fully connected to what God wants to do in and through us. See, regular, committed time spent with God is the basis of the power of prayer. And so, if you want to pray bold, audacious, mountain moving prayers, can I encourage you to regularly pray for the small things too? Can I encourage you to regularly pray for the everyday things as well? When you pray, don't just bring your problems, bring your praise. Don't just bring your difficulties, bring your delight in God. Bring your heartache, eh, of course, but also bring your hopes. Bring everything in prayer to the Lord. And then listen to what God is saying. Listen to what he's saying to you. Ultimately, the power of prayer comes from the presence of God. And if we want to see God's kingdom come, if we want our prayers to have an impact, well, we need to be in the presence of God so that we can get to know his mind, get to know his ways, get to know his will in increasing measure. When we put our trust in God and we earnestly seek him, earnestly desire to join in with what he's already doing, he responds, You know, God doesn't force us to do things. He doesn't manipulate his way with us. God wants us to want him. God wants us to desire his ways. You know, last week, Dominic talked on the power of faith and made the point that it's not faith in faith that we're seeking, it's faith in God. And we need to be careful to get the balance right on this. It's not merely our faith and desire that means that we can walk in the supernatural. It's God. It's not about our works, it's about God. We don't take the credit for it. But our faith and our desire to be in the presence of God, it lays a foundation for God to work in and through us. See, when we eagerly desire God's presence through prayer, when we believe in what God can do, it lays the ground, it lays the foundation, it opens us up to receive God's supernatural power in our lives. And this is where we see this powerful combination of prayer and faith going hand in hand And so to rediscover the power of prayer, we need reliance, we need presence, and thirdly, we need authority. We need authority. You know, when the disciples asked Jesus why they couldn't drive out the demon, Jesus didn't say, because this isn't possible for you. Jesus didn't even say, because this is beyond you, it's not in your job description. He simply said, this kind only comes out by prayer. You see, back in Mark chapter 3, we've already read that when Jesus appointed the 12, this was one of their tasks. Mark 3, 14 to 15, he appointed 12, that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. Demons. You see, this is the amazing thing. God has chosen to partner with us to work through the prayers of his people. God has given those that follow him the authority to walk in his supernatural power. Walking in God's supernatural power means the power to live godly lives. It means the power to overcome circumstances. It means the power to carry God's presence into every area of our lives, in our families, in our homes, amongst our friends, in our workplaces, in our universities, in our schools. And to have the power to pray for other people, to pray for healing, to pray for salvation, to pray for transformation, to pray for changes of hearts and changes of situations. And so as a Christian, you can carry the supernatural power of God wherever you are. You can carry the supernatural power of God, and you can be a carrier of his presence, of his hope, of his love, of his life, into whatever situation you find yourself in. We can only take hold of the power of prayer if we understand the authority that's been given to us. The same power that conquered the grave lives in us. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives in us. But you know what? I think sometimes we're walking around as if we're carrying kind of toy water pistols rather than the spiritual weapons of the kingdom. Sometimes I think we're playing around rather than arming ourselves with God's supernatural power. Well, I think it's time. I think it's time for us to arm ourselves with the gifts of the Spirit, with the power of faith, and with the power of prayer to see God's kingdom come here on earth And you know what? He's given us the authority. You are a child of God. You are a daughter of the king. You are a son of the king. And that means that you have the authority to set the spiritual temperature in your home. It means you have the authority to influence in your workplace or in your university or in your school. It means you have the authority to resist the devil's schemes and to overcome the powers of darkness. It means you have the authority to pray for other people in the power of God. It's time to step into our authority in Jesus. It is time to take hold of our authority. And you know what? It does require a step. It requires us to move. It requires us to take risks. If you want to experience the miraculous, if you want to experience God's healing power, if you want the supernatural in your life, you will have to take a risk. You have to take a step. Honestly, quite honestly, if you want to have a safe and quiet life, listen to stories of other people's healings. If you want a safe and quiet life, listen about how somebody else prayed for somebody else's salvation. Listen about how somebody else is filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen about some stories from history that you might know about incredible things that God has done. But if you want to see the supernatural, if you personally want to be able to pray for somebody else, if you want God to work in and through you, you need to take a step. You need to take a risk. Now that might mean offering to pray for somebody maybe somebody in your family or one of your friends, maybe one of your work colleagues who doesn't yet know Jesus, it might mean that you come forward for prayer instead of sitting there normal, like you normally might do. It might mean that you offer to pray for somebody else when they raise their hand and ask for prayer. It might mean stepping out in your collective and saying, do you know what, I really feel that we should pray together for the salvation of our friends and family. It might be that you hear about an injustice in the world and you say, you know what, I'm going to commit to pray again and repeatedly about this particular issue and see God work. I'm not going to stop until this situation shifts james five sixteen to eighteen The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Prayer changes us, and prayer changes situations. See, James gives us an example here of Elijah, a man of God who saw miraculous, great answers to his prayers. But he also says he was a human being just like me and you. He was a human being just like we are. You see, the power of our prayers is not based on our strength or our intelligence or the kind of order of the words that we put in. It's not even based on us feeling really positive that day. It's based on God and his power. All of the power in our prayer comes from God, and it's God who has given us the authority to pray. In John fourteen twelve, Jesus said, Very truly I tell you, Whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing, and they will do even greater things than these. This is what God has permissioned. This is what God has said that we can walk in, and this is what is possible for us as a church. And so, if we're going to walk in the supernatural power of God, we need to rediscover the power of prayer. We need to grasp hold of the power of prayer, and we can do that through reliance. Through reliance on God, through recognizing that we are fully reliant and we need Him for all things. We can do this through presence, through understanding that all power comes from God and that if we want to operate in His power, then we need to be in His presence. And we can do that through authority, by knowing the authority that God has given to each of His followers and by stepping out in that. Do you know my prayer for each one of us this morning is that we wouldn't just know the power of prayer theoretically, but we'd know it as a lived reality in our daily lives. And let's be a church that knowing the power of prayer, knowing what prayer can do, that we pray with boldness, your kingdom come, your will be done in my life, in my family, in my home, in my neighborhood, in the city of Cardiff, in the UK and beyond. Let's grab hold of the power of prayer and walk in all that God has permissioned for us. Let me invite you to stand and we're gonna pray together. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. To find out more, visit our website at citychurchcardiff.com or find us on social media.